G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 30 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining me guys. Uh, number 30 episode in less than three months. That's uh, just sort of hit me then actually. Uh, it's been awesome but to be able to bring these to you. Um, be able to have some tremendous people along to discuss their journeys and uh, tips and tricks on uh, on mental health and well-being. And um, there's just there's been people from all walks of life on this podcast, from the farmer to the everyday uh, Aussie to the professional sports person to the um, to the athletes. You know, it's just been an amazing, uh, uh, I suppose, three months to be able to have such tremendous people on. It's just emerging. So. Um, I've got a, a look a great guy on uh, with us uh, today uh, by the name of Craig Allen. Uh, uh, Craig has basically started an organisation called Inspired Mindset. Now, Craig come to doing coaching in the mental health space because he suffered severe addiction uh, to basically almost everything, but um, had diagnosis of you know severe depression, uh, bipolar, PTSD, uh, anxiety. The list goes on with him. So. He's had a real journey with his own mental health, and um, I thought it'd be really good for you, know, for you guys to hear uh, Craig's story and sort of how he come through the other side of things, uh, through such adversity, and geez, his life was um, at the point where he was, was quite suicidal, and it just goes to show that um, when we get to the bottom of the pendulum, how we can um, you know turn right instead of turning left, and... Um, making decisions that can only not only help our own lives but help uh, a lot of other people like Craig's doing now. So I really uh, encourage you to sit back and enjoy our conversation. Also, I want to make mention of Green Nutritionals who's supporting the podcast, Amazing Green Superfoods. So jump onto their site and check them out and help them out if you can uh, by using their products. I think you'll find they're, they're amazing. I wouldn't be endorsing them if they weren't. Uh, greennutritionals.com.au and also another organisation that's uh, that's coming on board by the name of B Primal. So they make uh, functional minimalist footwear. So shoes that basically keep our feet neutral. Um, and really, I come to barefoot um, running and shoes years ago because basically I had lower back issues and I had problems going on with sciatica. Once I started to get my foot flat, then basically my, my body started to work better. I started to heal better. Better stimulation of the mind. You're not as drowsy and... Um, more more connected i guess so uh talking to jamie at b primal and, and he's really keen to support the podcast so just uh welcoming welcoming them on board um and i'm going to get jamie on to a podcast soon to talk about his own mental health journey and also um you know the amazing products that they're making so i'm really grateful in this in this short period of time to have such tremendous organizations helping out uh, i just think it's important to have uh, others that are aligned um to be able to help each other in this space and I know these products are so profound they work really well so they can support mental health as well as physical health so that's what this is all about to try and get the, the right messages out there and uh, promote people that are ethical and, and organizations that are ethical so I encourage you to, to jump on on either of those sites and check those products out but without uh, any further ado we'll bring uh, bring Craig on and uh, get our conversation going Craig Allen welcome to the Outback Mind podcast yeah thank you Aaron Oh, mate, uh, really grateful to have you on. I've been sort of following your journey for a while, and uh, I know there's lots of people listening into this podcast who will be able to resonate uh, what you've, with what you've been through. And, uh, you know, obviously being able to come out of some of the heavy uh, 
issues that you had and um, you know I guess it's going to be really relevant to a lot of listeners out there uh, either individually or, or with someone that they know so to have someone like yourself with uh, lived experience and um, you know knowledge of, uh, of what's worked for you uh, and what hasn't uh, you know I guess will be really valuable to a lot of people mate so appreciate you being here mate. No, you're welcome, and uh, I'm, I'm glad it's going to help others that are going through a similar situation. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Can you tell us a bit about your journey and sort of where you were brought up and how life sort of evolved for you? Yeah, sure. So I was born in Melbourne, and uh, when I was about three, we moved up to Canberra, and um, I had a pretty good childhood with you know good, stable uh, family life. Um, I started playing football, Aussie Rules, around the age of um, eight. And then I just noticed um, around the same time, like I remember playing footy, we had to go to the local uh, mall and sell some raffle tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I remember, I recall um, just getting this weird sensation, like um, foggy head. And I didn't feel like I was inside my actual body. It just felt like I was drifting, drifting, Drifting above myself, that makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I worked out, um, looking back, I worked out that I had social, uh, like, uh, disassociation. So that's kind of like what happens when we get social anxiety. Some people that go through trauma, they kind of disassociate, disassociate themselves from the actual internet, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I thought it was a bit weird and then... Um, it, I didn't have the. I couldn't really explain it to mum and dad what what my feelings were, so I kind of just left it. And then I, I completed primary school, and then went to high school, and then I started getting um, real bout, bouts of depression, mm-hmm. like um, especially during winter time. It was getting. I was getting bouts of depression, and that kind of continued throughout my teenage years. But being a, a typical bloke and um, keeping everything to yourself. Um, I didn't tell anyone about it. And back in those days, in the 80s, you didn't really hear about mental health. So, um, yeah, I, was, I continued playing footy. And then into my 20s, um, I still, around the age of 19, 20, I started getting bouts of mania where I'd get really hyperactive. I wouldn't sleep. Like, I'd have about three hours of sleep a night. And then I started by participating in self, um, self-sabotaging self behaviours. What did that look like, mate? Yeah, that was not, not too good. Like, it started off with the uh, drinking. Um, I'd be the first one to get to the pub, last one to leave, um, cheating on partners. Um, I, I ruined so many relationships with cheating and just being drunk. Um, spending heaps of money that I didn't have, gambling. So, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Mm. And then, so that that continued throughout my 20s. I had, a, you know, twin boys and a family. Um, the cheating and drinking got way out of hand. And then I'd go through bouts of depression, just really looking down on myself and and uh, just regretting everything I did. So then you'd start getting more depressed and it was just a vicious cycle. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so that continued into my 30s. Um, I, I stopped playing footy about 30, at the age of 30. Mm-hmm. And, but I kept myself fairly fit during the 30s. 
And then I stopped doing exercises like, you know, going to the gym and I just completely cut it out. And um, that's when I come across ecstasy and started using that. And then unfortunately come across to the drug ice and that oh, kind of yeah. went down the, uh, the, yeah, the usual um, addiction path. Mate, how, uh, that, that's, yeah, you, you, you've, you've gone the whole journey. How long did this ice addiction um, last for you? Yeah, that lasted for about 12 years. So I'm um, just coming up to about three years clean now. But um, so, yeah, from the age of 35 to about 46, 47, I, um, I had the uh, addiction. It just started off on the weekends. Mm. And then after about a year or two, it started progressing to daily, just to function. So, so you're 49 now, 50? Uh, 40, 48, so I've probably got my maths mixed up there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's spot on, mate. That's, that's, that's fine, mate. Um, look, this all started with, with social anxiety from what I'm hearing, and social anxiety is very common. Uh, obviously, yep. it wasn't even thought of or considered back then. You were maybe a shy kid or you were someone that just didn't want to engage uh, primarily, and... Um, I see it a lot now, people that, are, that have got it because they don't want to be in the stimulated world uh, primarily. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a real trigger, I guess, that uh, maybe back in those days wasn't managed too well. That sort of took you on a bit of a, a, a journey the wrong way by the sounds of it, mate. Yeah, I, I think back in the day too, we didn't – children were meant to be seen but not heard. Mm. And I think too with my, my – upbringing of my parents like every time i kind of messed up they'd make a, a joke about it and um it may say seem pretty small but i guess when you're growing up year after year and you're stuffing up you know your homework or stuffing up in the backyard or whatever you start getting the the low self-worth or maybe i'm useless maybe i am hopeless i know the feeling yeah. mate i i really i really do uh, uh appreciate you you saying that because look i'm sure i i don't speak for myself but there's probably lots of people out there that, that felt the same because when you are in that sort of um you know growth phase um and you're really uncertain of yourself getting those comments can really penetrate you mm-hmm. yeah is that yep. what you found yeah, 100%. Like, um, looking back after my journey, that's, yeah, you just you just get into that mindset because when you're um, growing up, like, you know, that's when you're learning all your confidence, your self-esteem. And um, so I found that really difficult. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, go and do adventurous things because I'd be embarrassed that I'd stuff up in front of my family or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's, yeah, that really played a big part. I'll just quickly jump in and say, too, after getting clean, I was diagnosed with bipolar. So that's kind of where the the depression and the mind um, you come through. Yeah, and you were you were unaware of that, I suppose, um, you know, before. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like a, a total shock. Like I knew something was always up just with my behaviour. Like. I couldn't stop drinking or partying when it was, you know, time to stop. And um, so being diagnosed after I got clean, because I didn't know if it was from the drug drug abuse from all the years of ice or, like, I had depression and anxiety beforehand. So I went to the, the psychiatrist and, um, yeah, he, he di- diagnosed me with, uh, with bipolar too. Mm. 
and it was a relief. I could understand now. I can put all the pieces together of all the all the sabotaging behaviours throughout my life. So that was kind of a relief. And how common is that illness, mate? Um, with regards to that that diagnosis of bipolar two, do you know what 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 it is in males out there? How many people sort of are, are suffering, or maybe not recognising that they're actually suffering with it? Yeah. They say it's around about 4% and it's kind of evenly distributed between females and males. 4% of the so, population, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, jeez, okay, big numbers. Yeah, so, you know, if any listeners out there, if you, you do have these hyper moments for a few days, it's, it's yeah, it's just worth going to get checked out. And and what, what did that look like for you, like, how did they diagnose this? Did you have to go through a series of, um, of test questions and so forth to be able to come to that conclusion? Yeah, first of all, because there's so many different uh, mental health conditions that kind of can um, overlap each other. Mm. So I went to the psychiatrist and they give you a series of um, questions and then they kind of, first of all, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And then they referred me on to the um, psychologist. And after going through my history and all the all my behaviour, then they diagnosed it with bipolar two. So it, it took about two to three months of seeing a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Mm, okay, mate. And how was that for you? Was that really confronting for you to do that? Because obviously you, you may have avoided that previously because of the drug use and so forth. You, you weren't really uh, involved in that uh, in that um, clinical. Uh, arena, I guess, by the sounds, but while you were self-medicating? Yeah, no, it was like, um, I mean, being a male and then being diagnosed with a mental health con- like condition or illness, it's, you know, it's quite, a, I found it embarrassing at first mm. and I didn't want to be labelled. So I kind of um, just avoided it all my life. But during the drug addiction, like I'd, I stuffed up a few times. I ended up in prison. Mm. Um, I lost a good job in the public service. So I like, lost all my fa- family and friends. Mm. I just barely held on to my partner, which has been a godsend. And she got me when I when I hit rock bottom. I had to make some you know, changes, and um, so just going to see a psychiatrist. It was more of a. a uh, reaching out for asking for help too so mm. yeah amazing mate so that partner's still with you now yeah yep um unfortunately which she's seen it all like um just before i met her i was um i was clean and then probably about two years in the relationship that i started sneaking and sneaking around and getting the, the drug use into me and mm. Yeah, going out to the garage and stuff. Mm, Unfortunately, I put her through a bit of domestic violence, um, which is quite embarrassing and painful to to admit, but I think it's part of my recovery too to admit it. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty amazing that you kind of sort of stood by me. Mate, yeah, that that is amazing. And uh, I really want to congratulate you for being... um, uh, you know, uh, I suppose able to share that with us because that's that's a big thing for a guy to be able to say that they've sort of been down that path and 
Oh, I guess that's a, a big part of this podcast also is to have guys like yourself that have had the lived experience that can actually like sort of help others understand that that, that is not the way. Well, what I want to do, Craig, is sort of get to the bottom of all this and what what do you think was really behind a lot of those behaviours when you did self-destruct? I think the low self-worth, um, the social anxiety, um, and to a big thing looking back, I didn't have any goals in life. I was kind of just treading water, um, st- stopping the exercising. Uh, I didn't really have much goals. Yeah, I was just living what life, going to work Monday, Friday, and and I think I just got bored and and uh, with the bipolar chucked in. Um, yeah, just getting those that hit of ice into me kind of livening everything up and um yeah so just no direction yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it like what what what's happened by the sounds of you you've lost real connection with yourself eh? and 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 having some vision dreams goals uh, all those sorts of things are really important um uh it sounds like you know similar to me in many ways like some disconnection through your youth and uh and childhood uh, you know Pretty much was a springboard for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and that self worth, um, you know, that that's that's within a, a lot of us. I guess we uh, we do lose a lot of that, particularly if our family aren't sort of there backing us up, or we don't have people in our corner that uh, can really support us when we need it, and or understand what we're going through. And I guess a lot of your family uh, would not have understood what we were going through. Well, obviously, they didn't know anything about the bipolar, and, and neither did you. But all they saw was the outside behaviours, and uh, you know the external world is only uh, a flashpoint of what's really going on in the internal world, and we don't really consider that. We only just see the external, which is, you know, uh, due to lack of education and lack of understanding about um, you know the way people react and why people behave a certain way, uh, you know, particularly, I, I believe, um, when it comes to um, to criminal uh, behaviour, a lot of that's caused from trauma. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, drug and alcohol abuse is caused from some form of trauma as well. It doesn't seem like you went through a lot of that when you were younger, but uh, certainly there was an imbalance there which was causing you to react a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... I also lost like um, lots of cheating and stuff and losing because I had two, two children and I found that very difficult as well to process that of not being a full-time father. Yeah. And I never really seeked seek help for that either and that was an underlying issue as well. Like um, that was bubbling up inside there. I was frustrated and I didn't feel like a real dad because, which is not true, but just – in that mindset and not seek, seeking help or reaching out to others, mm. that kind of uh, blew up in my face as well. Yeah, yeah, I understand, mate. And uh, I guess uh, a lot of guys will box that in, particularly in rural areas, you know. Uh, you're, you're probably a little bit different being in a larger city, but a lot of guys out there in small communities, um, you know, do that. And my, my real vision is to try and help guys to be able to learn the tools to be able to manage themselves so they can reconnect and, and, and not sort of... Uh, Lash out and, and do the behaviours that, uh, that that you know can be self-destructive, but also you know can have a, a, a long-term effect as well. So to be able to prevent uh, these things occurring, mate. So so yeah, look, um, your your story is very very unique, but also very common in many ways. You know, there's lots of lots of guys out there and, and women, 
as well that are that are hitting the bottle too much or hitting the boost too much to be able to you know cover up um, that lack of self worth or what it may be uh, you know that that's actually you know uh, bubbling away under the surface and mate you you've been able to recognise all it which is this has been been tremendous there's lots of lots of people that uh, you know go into their fifties sixties and beyond that don't sort of break that cycle so. Um, you know, obviously you, you, you've got yourself into a position now where you are, um, you're functioning pretty well. What's a day look like in the, in the, in the, um, in the life of Craig Allen? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, uh, a good, a good day is just waking up. Um, just, I always check in just to see how I'm feeling, see if I'm a bit depressed or got a bit of anxiety. Um, I'll do a bit of a meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go for a walk, um, just make sure I have a healthy, healthy breakfast. Um, and then I found that during that addiction, I didn't have any goals. So my goals now is just to reach out to others and help others what, exactly what you're doing. So I'll do a bit of research, um, do a bit of, um, bit of study, um, just check it. I'll, I'll see a couple of clients and then I'll um, go for another walk and just constantly just check in to make sure that if I'm feeling a bit flat, I might, might listen to music for five, ten minutes to boost my mood up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just making sure that I'm active, I've got a full day, and I'm not kind of left to my own devices. Yeah, great. So you're getting yourself sort of settled before you start the day. You're getting your, your, your mind and body sort of in a bit of a neutrality, which, uh, which makes a bit, bit of a difference to the way you approach the world. Yeah, definitely. Um, having that bipolar, that's always going to be there. So I'm going to have wake up with um, flat moods. So it's just really good to just to check in and say, okay, I'm a bit flat today. Let's let's meditate for a bit. Let's mm-hmm. listen to let's do something that'll perk me up. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of your viewers have their own techniques where they might be able to perk themselves up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, I'll just go back to Winnington about two weeks ago. I went out and we played footy with the masters, the old boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we had a bit of – I had a, a drink. I haven't had one for quite some time. And um, the next two days with the bipolar, I was – I'll give a trooper warning. I have suicide-like our thoughts. Mm. They were pretty rampant for those two or three days after drinking. Mm. So um, – yeah, I really had to stick to my guns and uh, just wait for that period to pass by, uh, just knowing that it is going to pass and um, just knowing that alcohol is a trigger for my suicide thoughts. So mm. it was kind of a good reminder too that um, if, if people are going through that similar trigger with suicide ideology, just mm. to yeah, be, be mindful that you know, the alcohol does, does affect your depression quite heavily. Craig, um, uh, you still you taking medication for bipolar? Yeah, I'm taking. I take a mood stabilizer at night time just to get me to sleep. Yep. I I've taken when I first got off the ice, they gave me antidepressants, and I've got, I'm a bit worried after doing all the research. It's just my view anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not too keen to start. I want to give it a try without them, but I'm finding it hard to to withdraw from because they do cause quite severe bloody side effects. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, 
mate. Um, yes, yeah, so like I'd really like to touch on 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 the drinking. So so when we when we get into an old uh, an old environment where we we've sort of we've been in a situation where we've felt good in the past, the natural progression is to go and have a few beers with the boys, you know. Um, but uh, but the body and mind sort of changed since then and. It can be quite challenging to to take the boots off, go in the room and have a drink of water rather than have a beer. You know, how did you find that situation? What sort of pepped you up to want to go and have a few beers? Um, because I haven't done it for so I guess so long. Um, yeah. And playing playing football, it was good to it was good to interact again because I've been. You know, pretty much self-isolation for the last two or three years. I had to change my whole ID and get rid of my old friends that were in the drug scene. Mm. So, yeah, I went there. I had one. I had two beers. And then, I, yeah, I think that with the bipolar, that starts kicking in a bit. Mm. And I was having a good night, interacting with others. And, um, yeah, just the next day, it was no good. I, like, um, I'm going to just have to be mindful next time just to – cap it at the two or three beers and mm. have a good night that way because the afterwards the consequences are too much yeah. for me personally, yeah. It's hard on your body and also your body's probably changed quite a bit too. So, um, you know, a lot of these uh, signals are coming from our, like our liver and our kidneys that are giving us these signs, but um, we don't sort of know yeah. how to understand them. But, yeah, the suicidal uh, thoughts are, you know, a real, real reaction to that. Um, I guess primarily too, mate. But yeah, you have highlighted something pretty significant, and that is, you know, the the ramifications that, that come with it. And, you know, we're we're so encouraged to drink. It's it's so part of the culture here. You know, you you play sport, you go have a few beers, all that sort of thing. But underneath all all that, mate, if you were drinking with ten guys, there's probably eight of them that are struggling. Uh, you know, in, in hindsight, uh, behind the scenes, um, they they may not talk about it or whatever, but. Um, a lot of a lot of the guys that do uh, do have a beer, you know, uh, do tend to struggle uh, unrecognised, I guess, too, in many ways. Whether that be through, you know, uh, negative thoughts or, or you know, anxiety that might might be stemming from it. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an issue. The old grog, it can be a great thing, uh, you know, if done done right. But also, just yeah. we we need to understand that the body, um, you know, will. We'll have to deal with it, uh, and, and usually that comes with um, with side effects and negative emotions and so forth as well, mate. So I'm really grateful you shared that with us. That's that's really uh, really important and valuable, and I'm so pleased to see that you uh, you know you come out of it really uh, aware and well. Yep. Yep. So that's a, a good thing. You're not um, you're not planning to pull the boots on any, uh, again anytime soon, or are you still doing that? Yeah, no, I'm still doing it. We have training like once a week, and then we have a, a like an inter club game every fortnight. So I'm finding that really because I love playing footy, um, mm. and I find it really good therapy. Just that, that hour and a half. Yeah, um, the, body, the, the body doesn't think so the next day, but just it's just good therapy to relax, and you can just focus everything from the outside world is um, disappears, and you can just have a good time. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, go man. Yeah, so no, I really enjoy playing the footy. Um, I remember when I was in jail, um, I was still still on the ice, but I, I had to think what would be a perfect life. What would be a – I didn't want to waste any more time, you know, with drugs and alcohol and 
hang around with, you know, bad a bad crew. So when I was late in jail, I thought, you know, it'd be really good to go back to, to football. And if I can get back to football, I was about 30 kilos overweight. Mm. It took, and I thought yeah, that, that'd be a really good stepping stone for me to get clean. Um, it took me about two and a half years to get there, but um, yeah, that was a good goal, and um, it, I can just tick it off on the to-do list, mm. like um, you know, a bit of the recovery. So yeah, it is awesome, mate, and you can keep playing masters for quite a few years yet. So <laughs> look, look yeah. out. you'll you'll be uh, you'll be up playing in the. Uh, in the carnivals and that before you know it. So I, I had a bit of a go at it there for a while. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was good. Uh, I, I wasn't drinking at the time and sort of, you know, having the beers after the game wasn't really a, um, uh, an issue for me, I guess. I didn't really have to get into that, um, uh, into that uh, vibe or scene. Um, I sort of, you know, mm-hmm. I had the awareness to be able to, to, to understand that, you know, I was quite fit, so I was trying to make sure my body recovered after a game well rather than sort of, damaging it with booze and um uh, that sort of comes with life experience when you're a young bloke <laughs> you don't care i suppose do you but uh it's, yeah it's an interesting uh, thing you know how we sort of we we, we we couple the two together whether that be you know cricket footy uh whatever it may be and uh yeah it's just a just something to be mindful of and you know to any guys out there listening if you are seeing people uh that are observing you know, you're observing their behaviors maybe a little bit uh off, off balance, um, you know, have a chat to them and, and um, you know, try and help them out because uh, usually uh, ignoring it, um, uh, you know, as Craig sort of touched on, there is um, something going on underneath the surface there with, um, with, with the individual. So it's always good for a club to be able to wrap their arms around someone when they are struggling rather than sort of ignoring it. Don't you agree, Craig, or would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Um there's so many great resources out there now so much great information and what you're doing especially you know with this great podcast um it's just the stigma has slowly been wiped away and um yeah there's no excuse really now not to to help yourself or help help a mate because as i said there are great resources and tools that can uh, benefit everyone yeah i i really believe and i've been strong on this for quite a few years is the workplace and the club can really help uh, an individual you know if there are people around that organization that are trained and knowledgeable on on how to uh, help a, an individual if they are struggling and then that that nurturing and that support is so important because that individual outside the club may not have anything so you know you touched yep. on losing your family and all this that the other um, if you've got no one to go home to, then you've got to get into a negative mindset. That's going to take you, pardon me, into you know a behaviour which may not be uh, relevant or, or good for you. And if a club's able to sort of you know be there for you, I just think that's that's tremendous. And that's where a lot of the funding I think I think needs to go. Um, it needs to go into those sorts of resources to be able to have people that have got the uh, the ability to be able to you know work with individuals to be able to give them that. Uh, that nourishment because that's what's sadly missing in the mental health space and also yeah. uh, in society in general. Yeah, you go to, uh, I went to, I started going to uh, some uh, NA meetings, Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Yeah. And it's just, and I'm sure the AA is exactly the same. It, when, you, when you boil it down, it just comes to that connection with others that mm. are in a similar spot. And you don't have to have the answers or the um, 
all the right direction, but it's just more that in that initial stage, just that someone to hear you, listen to you, and just support you to have that connection makes a world of difference. Mm, I agree, and people that have got the same experience as you, uh, I think that's uh, that's relevant. And mates, uh, you're the other same age as me, and back when we were young blokes, like it was so hard to even consider going or anything like that. Oh yeah, definitely. It, like it would have been shameful, or you would have been considered weak. Yes, that's or, right. Yeah. yeah, so the the uh, stigma has definitely gone away in that regard. So, um, which is thank God for for everyone out there. And, and you'll find that um, like there's also all the, also these self help tools like apps and that that people can use to be able to sort of help themselves uh, without sort of you know going outside if they want to, but. You know, that, that, that helps there if, uh, if people do need it, mate, which is tremendous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and I, I think, sorry, mate, go ahead. I was just going to quickly say, I think, too, if the more knowledge you have about mental health or your addiction and how your body works and functions and your brain and, you know, the consequences from uh, the drug abuse or the alcohol, um, just get as much information as you can. You'll be surprised how much you'll learn and then you'll be able to start being more self-aware. Mm, that's right, mate, because we, we just take for granted that um, that something is, is okay just by the label on it or the, the advertising, um, it might be attractive for us. Uh, but when a lot of those drugs that you use, you wouldn't have ever had a clue where they came from or, um, you know, a lot of those beers or, you know, alcohol um, substances that you drank would never have read the, the, the ingredients or label and they could have been really triggering something in your body, you know, that, uh, that was destructive. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, the more information you can get about your own self and your mental health, and the, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, that's it, mate, because it's something that we just don't don't understand and appreciate. So, um, mate, you, you've done a tremendous thing at 48 to be able to turn your life around um, and, and do the things that you, you know, you're currently doing. I'd like you to talk, to, uh, talk more about that. So... You've got an organisation called Inspired Mindset now. So what are you doing with that one, mate? Yeah, so I just got like a, a Facebook group there, Inspired Mindset. Um, so on the Facebook group, it's just like a self-support um, and help group where we talk about addictions and mental health. Um, and we touch on things with bipolar, uh, drug use. And um, also just start up the like a, a business just helping people with addictions and mental health, like anxiety. During the uh, course of getting clean and getting my mental health back on track, I, I found some great tools that worked for me, like hypnotherapy, um, bit of mindfulness and cognitive behaviour therapy, which I really, that helped me in the early stages. So great. it's it's good to help others uh, give back to the community and help others that are going through a similar a similar journey with um especially the ice use because not many people it's a hard drug to get off mm. and it takes a lot of work and just to support others that are trying to get do the right thing and get clean mm. um yeah it, it it takes a hell of a lot of work so just to be able to support others going through a similar experience that i'm i went through mate how, how can people get hold of you if they want to touch base and uh and see if you may be able to help them or uh, you know, hear a little bit more about your journey. Yeah, I've got the, the private group in on Facebook and it's just called Inspired Mindset. Mm-hmm. And I've got a website called Inspired Mindset, one word, um, 
Mindset.com.au. So inspiredmindset.com.au. Yep, great. I, I, mate, it's, it's very good. And uh, you, you've put together uh, some great information for people and also talked about your own journey um, extensively on that. So I really encourage people to jump on there and, and uh, have a look at what you're doing and what you've been through. And, you know, people that, that are out there that may have uh, or be experienced or have experienced the same sort of thing, I think will be able to really relate to your story or anyone in general that just wants to get a real life um, uh, lived experience of someone that's actually been through quite a lot to be able to sort of see what uh, what Craig's openly sharing out there is, is really um, tremendous and geez you know mate uh, 48 imagine if you had to do this done this when you were 28 or 18 uh, we just never had the ability back then to be able to express that we're so lucky that uh, we can actually do these things now because it's uh, it's helping us grow as individuals to, to be able to express ourselves and sort of say how we felt and be vulnerable, and that's where the real growth starts. So I'm really appreciative of, of you being able to step up and do that. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, as you said, like, uh, if we had that information when we were younger, you know, geez, you know, what it would have been. But, you know, you go through the experience, you, you learn so much from it, and uh, I was one of the lucky ones. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. There's no excuse anymore not to seek help. And yeah, even talking about your emotions, it, you know, there's always mates now. Everyone's well aware of mental health and you know, asking how your mates are. So absolutely, yeah. mate. It's uh, we're in a good space in humanity, I guess, um, compared to to where we were. So, mate. Um, you're right, and and just having the right support networks around you and people that you can talk to. Um, you know, it's really, really important and um, I really encourage, as I said, people out there to, to talk to Craig because he might be able to guide you and give you that mentorship, particularly through his Facebook page. I think that's a tremendous thing to be able to have a support group and network through that. So that's that's awesome, mate. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and everyone's welcome to come and join. So, um, yeah, any, any questions, I'm always uh, happy to have a chat. Good on you, mate. All right, well... Uh, we will leave our conversation there and I think we'll get uh, yourself on throughout the year to, to see how you're going with your journey and uh, hopefully, um, yeah, mate, there's bigger and better things coming for Craig Allen because I, I reckon you're, um, you, you, you've just done such a tremendous thing to be able to you know, help yourself but also from that you've got the ability to be able to help so many people. So I'm really, uh, really grateful for, for having a conversation with you about this one this evening, mate. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate coming onto your platform, your, your podcast. Cheers, mate. Guys, uh, thanks for listening in. Pretty um, yeah, unique and amazing story, but when I say unique, it's probably far too common um, that people out there are sort of you know struggling with stuff and um, Craig sort of had to really hit rock bottom before he sort of came out the other side. Uh, if you can get to a stage where you can sort of put the brakes on before you do hit, uh, hit a... A critical moment like Craig did, then um, then even better. But uh, yeah, he's turned his life around really well, and now he's doing a lot to help others. So I encourage you to look at his website and touch base with him. If you want to touch base with me, and uh, if you've got a good story to tell, to maybe come onto the podcast, it helps so much uh, to be able to have people that have got lived experience to be able to talk about their journey and uh, and help others through through what they've gone through. So please touch base with me, support outbackmind.com.au. Uh, and please support um, you know, Green Nutritionals if you can by getting yourself healthy by using their products and also 
getting your uh, foot health healthy by using B Primal. Jump on their website and see what they're doing. It's pretty cool. It uh, gets us back to our true nature. Thanks very much, guys. Really grateful for you being here and listening in and be uh, back on uh, deck with another podcast in a couple of days. Cheers.